Hi, you're listening to Magnifico Radio. I'm your host, Kate Black. Each week I sit down with leaders, makers, and designers at the forefront of sustainability to discuss their journeys and motivation, whether it's ethical fashion, clean beauty, or sustainable products. They're all doing something Magnifico. Bank & Vogue, global innovators and creators of relevant solutions to the crisis of stuff, make today's episode possible. Experts at upcycling used apparel, see what they can do to help you and your brand by visiting bankvogue.com. The desire for clean beauty is more than a health issue and a wellness niche. It's a booming industry expected to reach $13.2 billion by the end of next year. Not a business Parisian transplant Romain Gaillard expected to be in. After obtaining master's degrees at EDHEC Business School and London School of Economics, he spent years in Silicon Valley, where he participated in several ventures in advertising, social networking, and security software, but never beauty. Roman is the founder and CEO of The Detox Market, and its tagline, Detoxify Your Life, is one of North America's top destinations, brick and mortar and online, for organic beauty and natural products. Welcome, Roman. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kate. So how did you find your way from Silicon Valley to beauty? Uh, that was uh, qu quite a chance, uh, <laughs> as you're pointing out. Uh, I think actually, tech, you know, like the tech world and the beauty world could not be more uh, uh, opposite. Uh, I um, ended up in, uh, in beauty through a friend of mine called Valérie Gandurie, uh, who was the founder of uh, Audacity Skincare. And uh, she personally had like a journey, uh, a very strong kind of like story as she, uh, she had cancer about 15 years ago. And uh, one of the things she found out is um, that uh, breast cancer, you know, could have been linked to, you know, the use of uh, personal care and the um, toxic ingredients in personal care. And so once she was, I've known her for a long time and she was telling me about that, um, uh, you know, I, I, that's how I ended up like knowing more about uh, this, this field and uh, actually ended up uh, co-founding Godacity with her um, uh, in 2008. And, uh, but it, it was like, it was crazy. Like for me, coming from France, especially where beauty is everything and like we uh, trust completely uh, the, the the large you know French uh, beauty companies uh, to learn that they were like uh, toxic ingredients in personal care was a uh, was a big disappointment and and very very surprising. Uh, actually, the first time she told me that, I thought she was crazy, and uh, I did some research and and found out uh, she was she was right, and that was you know it, it, it was quite a quite a scandal uh, to be honest. But it was it was such a leap of faith if. if if that's the right word, because you're friends with Valerie, she's going through a really hard time, and she's been a past guest on the show. So if you want to learn more about Valerie's story, you should check out that episode. Um, and so she formulated this brand new product out of, you know, clean and healthy, edible ingredients. How did you decide that you were going to jump into that business venture with her? It took, it took a little bit of time because um, I was involved in, uh, I co-founded another company at that time. And um, first, she just asked me for, like, business advice and kind of, like, she had, like, this concept and these formulations and she wanted to do, like, you know, like, very clean beauty, but try to elevate it. Uh, and, um, and my, I mean, my first advice was to go see someone who knew anything about the beauty industry. <laughs> but because I've known her a long time, I decided to help her out a little bit and just kind of brainstorm with her on what it will take for her to, to do it. 
And I remember back in the day, so we're in 2008. At that time, no one cares about clean beauty or green beauty. Uh, and the people who know about it, they're either like doing it for health issues or like because they're kind of, you know, uh, uh, very into like hippie stuff. And so um, it, it was a very different world. And I remember talking to people from the beauty industry and, and, and pitching the idea and uh, and the story. And they were like, they were like, no, that makes no sense. Like, why why not using, you know, like preservative this? You know, you have to use preservative. You have to use fragrance. That's the way it's done. You know, it's uh, green beauty doesn't work. Uh, we tried, it doesn't work, and and so on. So it was, uh, it, it kind of like had this feeling that everybody was trying to stop us from doing something, and that felt a little exciting. Okay, so you so you managed to launch the brand, and then the biggest challenge or the next challenge came with the marketing. And the distribution was it distribution and marketing, or marketing and and kind of um, shelf space. No, I think the biggest what what, what we found out is uh, so when we launched, um, people had so many questions about personal care. Uh, it was it was not like again like people didn't know about like uh, toxicity in personal care at that time, but uh, some people knew, and when they knew, they had so many questions because we we didn't have that you know as many resources as you have now. Uh, people were not talking about it in the press so much. So you had to really kind of dig to find information. And uh, and so uh, some of our clients were like, okay, what do I do for nail polish? What is it for like hair care, for like makeup? And uh, what we ended up doing is testing a bunch of products, uh, looking at ingredients. Uh, I, I would go and talk to founders, spend some time with them to, to, to get to know them and see if they were for real. And uh, and, and then like we would advise uh, our clients to, to go and use, you know, uh, at that time, it was like all those brands were new, but it could be RMS, it could be Hawa, it could be uh, uh, Honoré des Prés in perfume. And so uh, we were kind of like uh, uh, directing people. And and what I felt was that like, they, they were like, the biggest problem is they were like no real kind of brick and mortar experience uh, that gathered all those amazing brands. And honestly, it took me a while to find those brands. Even though I was plugged, I knew what I was looking for. They, they, they were very, very hard to find. And so that's how kind of we ended up creating the detox market, which was at the beginning a fun project and really a collaborative work between the brands to bring light uh, and uh, and create a very positive experience around uh, green beauty. Uh, for the longest time, I you know I I felt that green beauty was. Uh, uh, somehow judgmental. It was like you better use this product, or you're gonna die, and and that's not that's not very appealing to me. And I don't think it was very appealing to people. So the idea was to create like a a positive experience around around this. So not sell the fear, but actually sell the inner beauty possibilities of clean beauty. Yeah, absolutely, and you know the, the big difference is if you look at this new generation of brands, they're actually amazing. So they <laughs> when like. 15 years ago, a lot of like green beauty products, they, they were not performing well. And so probably the, 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 the marketers behind were like, okay, uh, it doesn't work so well. We know that. Uh, but at least they're safe. So let's just talk about the fact that they're safe and that the others are not safe. Uh, but obviously that was not good enough for people. And I mean, I understand that. If you try the deodorant in 2000, uh, you're probably never going to use a natural deodorant ever again, right? <laughs> or a lipstick. Well, or lipstick, yeah. I use a little less lipstick, as, a, as a, you can imagine. 
And so this idea, like this kind of convergence of, of like-minded brands with you with you and Valerie with Audacity and a couple of other brands, you were trying to recreate the, the beauty counter experience from department stores. You were trying to create a space where people could come with all of their questions and, and really kind of lay them out? Or were you just looking to pop up and sell product? So it was all about the experience. Uh, uh, we actually didn't care about the, the sale part because it was really, we're not trying to test the market or do anything like that or, or, or test an idea or concept we had. It was just really like, let's try to create this meaningful experience and let's have fun and let's bring influencers and, and just get the, the word out. Uh, and so um, to give you an idea, when we launched, uh, I mean, we launched in so little time with such a limited budget, we forgot to put the prices on the products. So we had no prices in the store. So we were, not, we were all trained. We knew the products, but we didn't know the prices. And, um, and that, that, that was the first one was an Abbott Keen. It was actually very fun. And, um, and so uh, what, what we did is we even had like a lot of the founders of the brands came. We created like uh, events around them. We had talks and, and people really responded. They really liked, uh, you know, to meet real people making products as opposed to just, you know, seeing just something that is ultra-marketed that you find in the department store at Sevran. And so when did the light bulb go off? When did you have your aha moment that, oh, we need to actually not make this a, a temporary thing? This needs to be a permanent offering. It, it took a while. Like, so basically for about four years, between 2010 and 2014, we did a series of pop-ups, about 14 of them in different size, shape, and, uh, and places. And it went from like, you know, like, uh, uh, from uh, uh, Venice to Hollywood to San Francisco to Vancouver to Toronto. And so we, we kind of like some lasted a few days, some uh, were there like for a few months and each, each, each format was different, but with the same common idea of educating people and creating this fun experience. Um, and so it was, I, I feel it was like in 2014 that we had to decide what to do. Uh, the detox was becoming I would say bigger and bigger. Like obviously the name was was out there, and uh, but it was still like it, it was a lot of work, and we were like we were not doing that, you know, to 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 profit from it. So we had to decide what to do with it, and so uh, we ended up uh, uh, separating the two companies. So we did was called a spin-off, and so I, I took the lead of of uh, of uh, uh, growing the detox market with the idea of helping people detox their beauty. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to be back because I want to talk about life after the spinoff. Are you looking for natural and organic beauty products to detoxify your life? Then you need the detox market. What started as a pop-up shop on Abbott Kinney in Venice Beach back in 2010 has turned into the most trusted source of clean beauty with shops in both L.A. and Toronto, where shoppers can smell, try, and learn about the latest in organic skincare, natural makeup, and more. The Detox Market is the go-to resource for those who believe in the power of pure products. Check them out online at thedetoxmarket.com and visit their YouTube channel for tips and product reviews. And we're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and I'm your host, Kate Black. And today I'm sitting with Romain Gaillard from The Detox Market. So just before the break, we talked about how you decided to spin off the business and separate the retail from the work that you've been doing with Audacité. And so what was what was the first step? Uh, the first step was, uh, I would say, to consolidate our online presence. Uh, because we, we, we were just focused on brick and mortar and creating an experience and events and uh, we, we didn't push the, the, the e-commerce at all. 
Um, and so I, I feel that, you know, 2014 to 16, that's where we focused our energies, uh, is creating something that was uh, a nice experience at, at that level. Uh, we brought in more brands, of course, uh, because we need, you know, I, I knew then that I was, I was here to stay. And so I was able to, um, to, to bring on more brands. Um, and uh, so that was very exciting. Also at that time, 2014, I feel a lot of brands, even that existed a little before, uh, uh, repackaged or made their products better. And so we had more choices, and that was very exciting. Uh, so, yeah, we, we grew the num- number of lines, uh, uh, and uh, we continue like, to do a lot of, uh, lot of education, I would say, both like clients and influencers press. So I have a question about that, because consumers also always assume that the FDA has the power to protect them, which it doesn't, and that consumer products are labeled in the same way as food products, which they're not. And in fact, the the food federal drug, the federal food drug and cosmetics act is only one and a half pages long and hasn't been updated since 1938. So how do you get above that, and how do you decide what gets shelf space or or can go on the website at the detox market? So I mean, first you're absolutely right. There's no regulation, which was, uh, and it's a little scary. Uh, uh, and that's a, they're, they're also that's the reason we exist. We have so what we do is we have um, a list of ingredients we did not allow, and it's uh, clearly stated on our website, and we explain why. Uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, so if you pass that, uh, then uh, we we look at the the line, uh, and uh, we have a group of about uh, eight to ten people uh, trying the product and discussing if we like them or not. Uh, and it's actually such a fun meeting we have uh, every week. Uh, that's for about an hour and a half. And we, we try the product and, you know, we discuss week after week what we feel, how it changed. Uh, do we still like it? Sometimes, you know, we like a product the first week and then week two or three, we don't like it anymore. And so it, 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 it's kind of like this process. It's, it, it's kind of a long process. Some, some brands get a little, uh, you know, they, 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 they need to stay patient, uh, but um, it's, uh, it's really necessary. Uh, because you have to check all the ingredients, you have to make sure it works, and and it works, uh, you know, for uh, a certain period of time. So everything that's available for sale, whether it's online or in your brick and mortars, has been tested and tried out by somebody on staff, including yourself. Yeah. So I don't try everything personally. Uh, we split the, the 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 work. What what happens is you have different states, right? So you have like, for example, someone, a few people try one line, and everybody comes and they're like, we don't like it. So then no one, no one else. You have lines that, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, that the three people come and they're like, this is amazing, you need to try it, so everybody kind of tries it, and we're like, okay, we love it. I don't try, for example, me, I don't try makeup um, because I, I, I don't have a, a great knowledge of it. I, I look at the texture, I look at the ingredients, I look at the design. I love design personally, uh, but I, the, the products, I don't really try them. Uh, my wife tries them for me. Uh, and... Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, we, we, we try, uh, so at least one or two person tried every single product and a bunch of products have been tried by, you know, you know, five, six people. That's amazing. I know the trials and tribulations of that. I don't, I also, because we do reviews on the website, I don't try skincare because my skin is so sensitive and it reacts so kind of funnily to new products. So that's always I have to get contributors or interns or somebody else to kind of do that first line of testing before I can I can really get into it. Um, but it, it actually explains because I've been to several of your brick and mortar stores. Um, your locations in Toronto actually carry my book, which is really nice. Um, and they're always, the staff is always so knowledgeable. So that totally just kind of 
fits in with why they know so much about product. I didn't realize that they were all taking it home and playing with it. And so currently, how many product offerings do you have? You know, I don't even know. I think we have over a thousand SKUs now, like at least online. Uh, each brick and mortar is different. We have, uh, no, currently we have four stores and we have uh, five corners with uh, Cafe Gratitude. And so in the smaller store, we will have like, which are like the kind of like, we call it the discovery wall at Cafe Gratitude. It's maybe, I don't know, like 30 products. It's, it's very limited. The idea is to just kind of like nail it to the essential of what you need. Uh, and the biggest store, which might be the one in Toronto and King Street, um, must have at least a thousand SKUs, I think. Um, yeah. And I, I love the fact that you have these kind of partnerships and you're doing these really innovative retailing um, experiments that we've never really seen with beauty. Do you think that that's because you don't come from a beauty background? Uh, or is it because the retailing market has just kind of shifted so much that you're that you're trying to be nimble and, and meet the market where it's at? No, I, I, I think it's because I don't come from uh, the I don't come from the beauty background and I don't come from the retail background. And so when we launched, we did whatever we felt was right, and uh, and we were not obeying any rules of any kind. If you, if you look at it, the first detox market, we had a juice bar in it, we had a matcha. And we're like giving chocolate, which is quite unusual for a beauty store. But we felt it was the, the best way to kind of like, uh, uh, you know, create a, a fun, fun experience. If you, if you look at, if you're talking over the years, I spent quite a bit of time with specialists in retail, specialists in beauty. And if, if you talk to a specialist in retail, he's going to look at detox market and he's going to find so many dysfunctional stuff um, that they like, if you listen to them, they are like very rational, right? It's like you need to fix this. You cannot put things on trade. It's unstable, blah, blah, blah. And like it, it, it makes all sense. But at the end of the day, if you listen to them, you end up with a CVS or with a Sephora with like very efficient, but like it's not, not authentic at all. And, and it's the same experience everywhere. And so I think to be a, an outsider kind of like gave us the kind of freedom to do whatever we wanted. Yeah. I think one thing we did also is uh, the... Uh, our detox ambassadors that uh, that you met when you you go to detox, they actually have quite a bit of freedom in terms of merchandising. So they they, they don't come to me or the marketing director when they they change stuff. Usually they change stuff and we arrive and it's changed, and we're like, oh, that's that's interesting, that's cool. Let's see how it works. And so they they usually uh, take possession of like the stores and kind of like play around with it because they know much more than us. Like. How it is on a daily basis. Well, it's true, and the ones that I've experienced because um, I've been to your stores in LA, um, in Beverly Hills, and then the one in Toronto. And I'm always talking to a makeup artist, so I'm always really surprised to kind of have this this conversation about product with somebody whose whose profession it is to actually use the product. It is. It's. Uh, we're lucky to have like a makeup artist on on staff and uh, and passionate people. We, we're looking. The the, the the key things we're looking. You know, for people that are highly professional and makeup artists are amazing for that because really they they use the products like every day. And so, and, but also we're looking for passionate people. We hired some people that had no background in beauty but were using the product. And uh, we have a lot of actually a few of our uh, detox ambassadors were former clients of detox market. That's the best. The spokesperson, the client becomes the spokesperson. So. Let, what do you? What are you hoping to change? Like, what? Why does the detox market exist in the world? What are you hoping to achieve? Um, I mean, our kind of our, our reason to be is to kind of 
help people detox their beauty and their kind of lifestyle in general. So uh, our goal is to uh, make that transition uh, uh, fun and, uh, and easy for people to, 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 to transition at least partly to, to clean beauty. Um, I, I think that uh, the future is that people will use conventional beauty and will use uh, green beauty, and it's going to be a mix of both, right? Us, we're very clear about the fact that we only have uh, clean beauty in our store. That's really what we focus on. But I, I know that people, you know, will be, it's going to be 50-50. And so our goal is to make the, the, the clean beauty side uh, fun and uh, attractive for people to use. Uh, so, you know, it's, and, and it goes at every single, like, you know, on, online, but also in brick and mortar, uh, make the whole experience as, uh, as nice as possible. And so w- when it comes to that kind of tagline and that philosophy, how have you detoxed your life? Yeah, that's a very good, that's a very good question. Um, you have like, uh, so you have two things, like you have like beauty, uh, obviously beauty, I only use natural products. Uh, as, as I said, we, we test things on a, on a weekly basis, so that's. You know, it's, it's only natural. Um, food-wise, I've always been kind of like healthy in the sense that I've been eating mostly organic. Um, I think the big switch I did in the past uh, a few years is, uh, even though I'm not vegan, I'm like eating uh, every, like every other day vegan and, uh, you know, and, and, and each day at least have vegan. I think that's the biggest switch I, I've done, and, and that changes a lot of things. Uh, you feel much better. I have this standard series of questions that I'm asking at the end of each podcast, so you you get them as well. If your life had a motto, what would it be? Uh, if you're uncomfortable, that's probably a good sign. And, and, and the idea is that, like, I mean, we all try to kind of like stay in our comfort zone uh, at all time, and it makes sense. You know, I mean, you need some, somehow to be sometimes in your comfort zone. But if you're a little too much in your comfort zone, that's where you don't advance. That's where you end up in, uh, uh, you know, in a situ- like in, in some deadlocks. And like, I, I feel that like when you're uncomfortable, something great is about to happen. Well, that's a good way to look at it. At least it makes this uncomfortable time uh, uh, somehow better. <laughs> and optimistic. Yeah. So you can just be like, okay, I'm sure that this, this uncomfortability is for a good reason. Are you comfortable in the beauty world yet? Yeah, very, very. It, 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 and especially like the, the green beauty world, it, and, and, and you know it well because you've met a lot of founders. They're amazing. They're, they're just like, they're, they're just great people to work with. It's, it, it's, uh, it's, and I, you know, anyone within the conventional beauty, I really suggest that they kind of move to more like green beauty and, and clean beauty because it's first it's happening and it's like, and, and it's full of great people. So it's a, it's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Like clients will win on better products. You will have a better time, like nicer people. So. Uh, and uh, and small companies, so it's, it's fun. That's actually why one of the reasons why I wanted to start Magnifico Radio because I wanted to share all these stories from all these great people. I totally agree. I think that this is an amazing in fashion and beauty and product. Um, so, who or what inspires you? Um, traveling, and uh, I get very inspired uh, traveling uh, at a personal level. Uh, like the people or, or things inspiring for me is like actually this whole line of kind of social entrepreneurship. So the idea that you can create uh, uh, a brand that benefits 
to everybody. You know, uh, an example, uh, so like, for example, uh, in L.A., you have Tom, which was a great example. Uh, but you also have, um, you know, like uh, microcredit, which changed completely the life of like millions of people uh, based on a simple principle that no one, you know, thought about. And, uh, and it's something that works. It's something that uh, is very helpful to and has a real impact on a lot of people. And that, that's, for me, quite amazing. I think that the next thing I will do, uh, not now because I'm busy, I think, for the next five to ten years with, with this story, but uh, I really want to kind of get involved in, uh, in, uh, in uh, something more social. Okay, we'll look forward to that. But I'm interested in your story, too. I want you to keep working on it and see where this lands. That's Yeah, we have we have a lot to do still. <laughs> well, and to that end, that's my third question. What's next on the bucket list? What are you working towards? Well, at the professional level, it's uh, you know we we're continuing to to uh, you know with detox market like uh, we will continue opening more stores and trying to create kind of like fun experience. Um, we want to continue growing. We're growing very fast, which is great. But we want to continue growing with. Uh, kind of a fun team, so sometimes we are, like, slowing down also things a little bit just for our own sanity, uh, but it's it's a fun, very, very fun team, and I know you met some of them, and uh, it's, uh, they're, they're nice. And uh, uh, and at a personal level, uh, I think the next thing is I'm having a second kid, so that's, that's a big, uh, that's going to be a big trend, and, uh, and I want to continue traveling, which is going to, you know, the second kid is going to make this thing uh, more complicated, but uh, we, we will manage to to continue doing it. I, you know, I'd love to spend more time in in Japan. Um, I was there only once for like uh, a little over a week. It was too short. I'd like to spend a month there. The, the 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 intensity of this country, the level, like the 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 attention to detail is just absolutely absolutely stunning. It's a very humbling uh, experience to spend time in Japan. Yes, I agree. And congratulations on the new edition. Thank you. Um, and so speaking of new additions, but not in the familial way, but more in the business way. So how many locations do you have now? So we have um, we have four locations, um, so two in Toronto and two in L.A. And we have, you know, the partnership with Cafe Gratitude. So we have another five uh, uh, corners in uh, Southern California. That's great. And then how can people find out more and how can people kind of, you know, carry on with what's going on with you guys? But, uh, you can find all the information on the website uh, on the detoxmarket.com. Uh, following Instagram is actually fun because if you follow our Instagram, you you see like of course like the new products, some recipes, things happening, but also things that are happening in the stores. Uh, we have events like on a weekly basis, whether it's in you know Santa Monica, in LA, in, in Toronto, and so it's, you you have a little bit of like that thing happening. But uh, it's, I, I I feel it's a fun way to follow to follow us. And to learn more. So if you want to dive in deeper, you want to figure out ways to detoxify your life, then you can drop by a store when you're in Toronto or L.A. Or call. Exactly. And if you're not called because uh, we're here to help. And uh, and really, the, the, the people that will answer, uh, they, they, they care. So just call the store. If you have any questions, call the store. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah their phone number. Yeah, exactly. Just call the store and... Uh, and discuss uh, discuss the, the kind of like the issues you have, and uh, it and I, I can what I can guarantee is that like you're not gonna have pushy people on the phone. There's no that's part of like our philosophy is we we uh, we don't have like sales goals or anything like that. It's all about just education, and so we believe that if we you know uh, just 
give the information to people, and then after they go online, they research more, they you know they do their benchmark, and then you know they 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 they, they, they will learn and and. And, and like us. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing this story, Romain. Uh, thanks, Kate. It was a pleasure. And that's been another episode of Magnifico Radio. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you hear, kindly give us a review or a rating. It'll help Magnifico Radio rank higher amongst conventional fashion and beauty podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe. You don't want to miss next week's episode when I'm joined by the director and the producer of a new fashion documentary called River Blue, set for worldwide release on November 19th. Special thanks to Steve Ballstead for engineering, co-producing, and providing all the music, which you can find on iTunes under Metro Jesus. Until next week.